The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, I joined Damian Barling on the D'Lo and Casey show on ESPN 1320 in Sacktown. Always one of my favorite times of the week talking to the boys, and let's face it, the vibes were immaculate, and I thought I would share it with my folks on the Heat Check podcast. Let's not waste any time, Nick. Go ahead and drop that beat. What is happening? What is it? Is this the Blair Trist, the, the the Blair Crick project? Like, what what is going on? Well, I'm in New York right now, and um, so I'm in this uh, hotel that I'm in the little like library area where there was food, and uh, my hotel that I'm actually staying at is a couple of blocks down the street. But I had just finished eating, and so there's like this little back area that I can charge my phone, and it's not going to interrupt anyone. But I realized I'm like right up against the lamp. And I was like, and I was like, this is looks really, I mean, you guys make fun of me from my living room and how dark the background is. I mean, it's a whole new level. It's a whole new level. It's swanky. It's it's literally just your face. That's now we can see your hands for the like. No, it's it's also I got a black sweater on. So it's just it's all it's just all darkness. That's that's is it gonna work? Is it we, work? No, it's perfect. We, I mean, this just adds to the, it's it just adds to the fun of talking to you. I feel like we're at one of uh, Trista's speed dating tables that she's had to stop at as on, on sort of you know going around the room. Like yeah. we've got like two minutes, and then she's got to move to the next table. If only, if only I was that lucky to be on speed dates at this moment. <laughs> My date is with Zara. I'm looking for some wool trousers after this. <laughs> Excellent. That so I I assume uh, WFAN. That's that's why you're. No, I had a dentist appointment today. Oh, the old New York dentist. Yep. So I had to get some new Invisalign put in, and then um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I got some new little little new eyelashes. Uh, All right. And um, so then, yeah, they my dentist appointment's only on Friday morning, so I had to come up Thursday, and then leave saturday so i'm gonna go and see some friends i actually am getting dinner with jake fisher tonight okay i'm gonna try to get some 
get some tea on this Kyrie Irving news. No, we'll 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 get to Kyrie here uh, in just a heartbeat, and I'm sure you'll share the tea with us uh, when you get the opportunity. But you were as fired up as all of us were last night uh, to see De'Aaron Fox miss out on on the All Star game. And you're connected around the league, so it's up to you, TK. You Make know, I sense. I was a little worried that I um, might be complicit or an accessory to crime if a riot actually took place. Because I said we riot at dawn, and then uh, I think a Kings player also said let's riot. Yeah, I was busy like, too. And yep. I was like, um, I not let's not really riot. Because <laughs> if my tweet's the first one, then it's a January sixth situation. I'm not trying to get into oh, all boy. that. Oh boy! Well, you well, had- clearly you're in New York, so you can riot at the at the uh, NBA offices. We understand what's happening here. I'm going to are... glue myself like that girl at the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> playing game. I'm just going to stick it to the window. <laughs> NBA reporter has glued herself to Adam Silver's door. In a deer in Fox jersey. In a Fox jersey. <laughs> there it is. I, I, I speculated that, that coaches were trying to make some grand point by selecting a bunch of defensive guys like Paul George and Jaron Jackson and Drew Holiday and at the expense of a guy like De'Aaron Fox. Are you guys the type of people who think about the All-Star game as an accolade and, a, and a, an accomplishment? Or are you guys of the mind that the All-Star game is primarily an event for fans and to entertain fans? Mm. Both. I think it's the first because I, I think players, I mean, their contracts are based off of all-star, like whether they make the hall of fame, uh, you have to accumulate some of these accolades. Um, and to me, like the players, I, they do think a lot of it. Like I, I've talked to Sabonis about, uh, the potential for Fox to be there and what it would mean. And he was just like, he wanted him to be there to get the experience of it. Like how amazing it is. And Fox had been there for, like rookie, uh, rookie sophomore game stuff, but to be part of the big game is just different, and it has a different feel and vibe, and you're thought of differently as a player when you have that that all star. It's not like Major League Baseball All Star where every team gets a, an all star, and then you know, or the the NFL where didn't the Ravens quarterback who threw four touchdowns make the Pro Bowl? Snoop Huntley, um, yep, Snoop Huntley. Yeah, he he made the Pro Bowl, and, and so did uh, Derek Carr. Uh, you know, who had that great line yesterday. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of look at it that way. Like in the NBA, it's a huge accomplishment that if you don't stack those accomplishments, you don't have an opportunity to to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think I'm of that mindset too. But when I think about it like a fan event as well, I say to myself, and I tweeted this, like, does anyone really want to watch whatever Jaron Jackson's jump shot is out there? Like, do we want to see his defense? Do we want, when you talk about like getting defensive guys, why do we want defensive guys in the all-star game? Like we really don't. I want to see Aaron Fox use his impressive dribbling skills to successfully fake out his opponent. Like that's what I want to see. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to see him in the mid range. I want to see his floater. I want to see his speed and that athleticism. I could really care less about Jaron Jackson Jr. And I am a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Oh, we're going to revisit that, but I, th- I think it goes to the first thing you said, though. Like, is it is it is an act is it an accolade or is it a 
a, a showcase for the fans. I think coaches may have looked at it as an accolade. And of course, there, there's components of both, as James mentioned, because there's incentives and contracts. So that's important. But the accolade part of it, that that's that's it's like, all right, we've got shooters and and, and Kyrie doesn't play a lick of defense and he's starting. So we're going to put Drew Holiday in and we're damn it. We're going to take control of our league again and we're going to make all stars out of defensive players. So we'll put this guy who's played 30 something games into it. Uh, and averages 15 points per game rather than uh, De'Aaron Fox or, I mean, hell, even Devin. How Devin many Cooper. games do you think that the solution is also to put – you have to play a minimum – a certain minimum amount of games in order to be eligible? Well, that's that's the case with uh, postseason awards or, or not maybe not postseason awards, uh, like well, league like MVPs, blocks, yeah. Points, like you have to play a certain amount of games. And I think James has said earlier – Jaron Jackson leads the league in blocks, but he's not actually eligible to lead the league in blocks. No. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't played enough games. I was even telling uh, Damian too, Trista, that um, I, I was talking about this with my son, and my son said, "Hey, well, do you know about the whole block thing with Jaron Jackson?" And I'm like, "No. What do you mean?" He goes, "Oh, look at his block numbers at home versus on the road. He has 77 blocks in 18 games at home." And 37 blocks in 17 games at home. I mean, on the road. So they're like around the league. It's known that their their scorekeepers are giving him blocks for things that aren't blocks, and they're padding his stats. And it, it comes down to like, what exactly are we doing here? Like, it should be the best of the best. And if you're going to reward uh, Jaron Jackson for being on the the Western Conference number two overall team, then forget that. Aaron Gordon's a better player. He should yeah. have made it on a better team as the Denver Nuggets. So I get you don't want two representatives from the same team rewarding, you know, getting rewarded. Uh, but if you're going to do it with one, then like, again, Jaron Jackson just didn't make any, not on anyone's board as far as what was he number 12 in, in forwards in the Western conference when it came to aggregate score, that just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think the thing that also is frustrating is just how they, formulate the teams because you, you know, somebody said this in my mentions and I think this is true in terms of like Jaron Jackson, obviously playing a different position than, than Fox. And so you've already got your guard slots already set. And so there's a, an additional slot that Jaron Jackson for a forward, you know, position that he could get in. So they said, Oh, well, would you, if you had to choose then would you take out jaw uh, or SGA or Dame if you were going to put in Fox. And I'm like, well, I challenge this premise completely because maybe there's just more, maybe there's just more guards that are all-stars this year that are playing in all-star caliber. Well, I would add this too. Like it's very possible that they loaded up on forwards because they know that Zion isn't going to play. And so when they replace Zion with somebody else, it doesn't have to be a forward. Right. Because they've already loaded up on so many forwards and it would leave the possibility to add a player like Fox uh, in the next round, they better use him as the replacement. Otherwise, like we we are riding, we we will. We're you, not gonna take it. Oh. No. <laughs> One twisted sister on us. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Someone which is just a massive curveball from Tristan. <laughs> Someone said you look like the Death Row uh, magazine vibe cover, and I can't unsee it now. <laughs> like, that I, is a trem- that's a tremendous compliment. I just can't unsee it. I have that on my wall in my my house that I grew up in. Oh, that, that, that that's iconic. It is. Yeah. I James has it. Uh, can someone can someone make this on Photoshop? Can they add me in and like can you put it on Twitter? Can we just see what it would look like. Say oh, they put LeBron's head on Willem Dafoe the other day for me from the platoon poster. So yes, they can, Trista. I guarantee they're already working on it. It'll 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 be in your mentions by the time the call's over. Um, so you're in New York. How about the gift that keeps on giving? You mentioned it earlier. Kyrie wants out of Brooklyn, and from what we read from Adrian Wojnarowski a few minutes ago, is that teams are calling asking about Kevin Durant. I'm like, hey. How far are you going to take this thing over the course of the next week? Yeah, and if I'm Brooklyn, like, what is your what is your real incentive to do what he wants? What is it like? I don't think you have any. You mm-hmm. know, he you know he wants to stay there. You know he wants to be there. The entire reason for the trade request is salary and him getting a contract extension that he is not being offered and them wanting to see what they have in the postseason with him before they do any of that, right? Because he's a gigantic headache when he's not one of the best players on the court, which he's been awesome this year. He's been really, really good when he's not uh, suspended. And so um, that's one component. And so if you say, well, I'm sorry, we're just not going to trade you by the deadline. Like you're just going to have to figure it out. And if, if you need to get paid whatever is your max through the bird rights, then you're going to have to work with us with the sign-in trade. And that's just what it is. You need us, we need yeah. you, et cetera. So why, why feel rushed to do that when teams are only going to take advantage of you, uh, given the desperation in him being on an expiring? Yeah. Is this, I mean, this is one of the few players that I can remember where he's going to be worth a certain amount as a player and he's worth a totally different amount as a human being. I mean, does that make sense? Yes. Like I, I don't think that he's like he's making thirty six million this year, which again, he should be a forty something million dollar player, but he's not. And I have this feeling that like he's not gonna get that big contract that you yeah. would expect unless it's from Brook Brooklyn, who, you know, has a, a ton of money uh, and a huge market. But I mean, even like if you go to the Lakers, you're not getting the money. Well, I guess you could if they're able to complete a, a trade because then they would have as Larry Bird rights. But right. just as like an asset going around, like, you're not going to be able to get like dollar for dollar for what he should be like worth as, as, as a player. And on top of that, you've got Rui Hachimura there who's also going to want to deal in the off season, which is going to take up quite a bit of your cap space. And so at this point, the math ain't mathing unless you're, sending Russell Westbrook to the Brooklyn Nets, which which you're absolutely know. doing. You're a hundred percent doing. Yeah. Or you're doing a three team trade and sending Russ to like Chicago or something and trying to figure I don't know that Kevin Durant if Kevin Durant ends up playing with Russell Westbrook again, 
which I don't think he wants. I mean, what do you, what do you, what are we doing here, really? I don't know. I never know what we're doing. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, to be honest with you, I just, I LeBron's out here tweeting eye emojis and crowns. Like I, I don't, I don't know what's happening with 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 your king. Um, we looked at Phoenix having a really intriguing potential offer. Um, I feel like we mentioned another team, James. Oh, Miami. Miami potentially having something. But it felt like Phoenix uh, worked the best. But there's that and, – and you you noted this a minute ago. There's that weird – why would Phoenix do this unless they knew that Kyrie was staying long term? Because you'd, ha- you'd probably have to move Mikel Bridges. You'd have to move someone – you value to get Kyrie back. And that's what the weird thing hanging over all of this is, is you talk about the incentive to do what he wants. No team is going to make a deal. No team like Phoenix, I should say. I feel like the Lakers will do whatever just because they're the Lakers. I don't think Phoenix or Miami makes any sort of deal unless they have assurances that they can have him uh, on their team for at least another couple of years. Which means then, okay, Kyrie, we're going to offer you a two-year deal. And if we do this trade, you're going to accept the two-year deal, which means you're going to have to sign this now, like secretly. And then we're going to submit it when it's uh, the time for us to submit it. Like it's going to have to all be locked up where there's no funny business. Because if I was worried about funny business with any player in the NBA, them changing their minds, them going back on their words, them deciding they need to step away for whatever reason, that would be Kyrie Irving, right? So if you're a team and you're in the risk management business, and listen, Phoenix has had their own fair share of controversies as well, right? You don't want to be having another issue or a potential blowback controversy that you really did not need to have. Like it would be an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, it's so avoidable. Like you just, yeah, I mean, could could it work out and he makes your team great? Sure. But it could also not work out, and you could be like stuck in a gigantic nightmare of a situation with him, um, both financially and the PR stuff, which you talked about. I, I, there are certain teams that can do it, and then there, I, I think Phoenix is one team that you might look at and go, like, you can't, because they're the team that's actually going to have to give up true value. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the Lakers, like, regardless of what my friend Damian here thinks of Russell Westbrook, um, like in NBA standards, it's not value. Like you're not getting value for him. And where, uh, you know, Mikhail Bridges, if you're going to get Bridges, or you're going to get Cam Johnson, you're going to get a stack of players. Those are valuable pieces, long-term contracts, young players that can help you today and, you know, kind of further what you're trying to do. Uh, maybe both teams gets, get help uh, in this situation where, again, like Dallas doesn't have something to offer like that. And, and even the Lakers, they don't have something to offer like that. If you're Dallas and you're Brooklyn, do you accept like Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway and like Jaden Hardy or something for Kyrie? And like, do you do that deal? Does Those, that deal work? It, I, I don't know how the math checks out, but that's probably not like it's probably not a horrible option for Brooklyn in the sense of. Like Kyrie's obviously very good, but the reason you're a championship contender or potential championship contender is because of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's one of the best basketball players on earth. And if you can surround him, like the, it, it simply boils down to what complements KD. And if they can determine that those guys do, I'm all for it. 
I personally would love to see Kyrie and Luka Doncic. Let me see that. I I want to watch that implode. I will watch every Dallas Mavericks game on League Pass to make sure I am tuned in live when that inevitably goes bad. Someone tried to get King the Kings in the mix. Said, would the Kings be interested in Kyrie Irving? And I was like, what? I didn't, no, I didn't believe that that happened. What? No, what? Are you serious? Is is there a team that makes less sense than them? I believe our friends at the Kings Herald wrote an article, and the article said, "Well, no." And that was the end of the article. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing, guys? What is this? We're, we're, we will step in as a fan base and just say hard pass, fam. We're good. Also, what has not been mentioned in all of this, and I think, and I hadn't thought about it until just today, is we're in the period of time right now where normally, in normal years past, like two, three years ago, pre-pandemic, at this point, all attention and focus is on the Super Bowl, right? And then what you've had is a change, obviously, with the 18-week season, but also the trade deadline moving backwards. Usually the trade deadline happens around All-Star Game. I remember when Boogie Cousins was traded in New Orleans right after the All-Star Game. So I love the city. Yeah, he was, was awesome. traded during. Oh, yeah, it was during. Yeah. yeah, it was during. I had it confirmed during the actual All-Star game. Like, he's That's gone. Insane. That's insane. So now the war between the NFL and the NBA is just fully on, right? NBA encroaching uh, on the All-Star game, and or uh, NFL encroaching on the NBA All-Star game, NFL encroaching on the NBA playoffs with the draft, and then the NBA clapping back and saying, that's fine. We'll just have Kyrie Irving request a trade in, uh, in Pro Bowl. <laughs> How about that? We're going to ruin your Pro Bowl, your crappy Pro Bowl. And all next week, <laughs> all next week, the week where every, all of the excitement is supposed to be on Jalen Hurts and this big Patrick Mahomes matchup, and everybody's just talking about NFL, NFL, NFL. And it's like, no, it's trade deadline week. It's trade deadline week. Is Kevin Durant going to be traded? Because that's what I care about. <laughs>